Hey there, welcome to the Saints Hangout Podcast. Every word has been designed to bless, empower, and edify you as we search and teach through the scriptures. And now, here's today's podcast. Ooh, glory to God. Ephesians 4. Now, I don't know if some of you have ever seen this part in your Bible before, but let me read it to you. Ephesians 4, let's start from verse um, from verse 11. The Bible says, And he gave some. Who? Christ. Christ. When you read this part, you will understand that the reason why you have um, um, whatever gift, it should be such that the body can be united. So when we call it one big family, listen, it does not gladden God when one part of the arm is acting this way or acting out of the script. The Bible says, and he gave some, who? God. He gave some apostles. He gave some prophets. He gave some evangelists. He gave some pastors, teachers. He calls it from verse 12, for the perfecting. Did you see that? For the perfecting of certain people, the families. The reason why any church in the world must or should exist is strictly, or the reason why you have gifts in any church or in any place, I don't care whether it's a church from whatever, uh, from, from, from whatever country or from whatever state, he says what? For the perfecting of the saints. Now, if you notice one of the things he said here, listen, I call some of you, at least I know some of you, up to your surname. All of you here have various surnames because you have a local family. But when I told you earlier on that God doesn't see it that way. Because what does he call us here? For the perfecting. He didn't say for the perfecting of the uh, pastor's family. Or for the perfecting of the politicians in the church. Or for the perfecting of the... No, 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 no. There is nothing like that. He says the reason why he gave gifts is such that the saints... Saints... He calls it for the perfecting of the saints. Listen, we need to dwell on that for a, for a very long time. If you notice one of the things he called it here, he says for the perfecting. That's why I said something earlier, you can never get to a point whereby you say you, 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 you have a half-baked knowledge of who God is. Because that's why he didn't call it perfected saints. Perfecting. Every day, there are certain things you need to add to your faith. There are certain things as your walk in God grows deeper, as you expose yourself. And listen, nobody has been able to exhaust God. That's why it's called eternity. That's why it's called the one that eternal life is in him. He says, now the reason why he permits pastors, he permits evangelists, he permits prophets, he permits all of that. He says it is for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying. Can you see that now? For the edifying of the body of Christ. And who is the body of Christ? The body of Christ is not that building. It's not that, um, um, oh, thank God for those that have wonderful buildings. I don't have anything against this. But I tell you the truth, we are of all people. We are going to operate less of who we are if all we know about church is beautiful speakers. If all we know about church is who the choir look beautiful, they, they dress well, of what good would that be if they are not if the body itself is not edified? That's why when we call it one big family, the church of Jesus ought to be a body of edified folks. Listen, if you notice one of the things he said here, he called them saints. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm about to I'm about to break a particular table. I know of certain people who say maybe until someone dies. And then they have to preserve them for a while. I don't even know how they come across. And then they call those set of people saints. According to the Bible, the man in Christ is a saint. That's what the Bible teaches. According to the scriptures. That's why I say, for the perfecting of the saints. The people he's talking about here, they are not dead men. 
So when we call these saints hangouts as well, that's where some of us got the word from. Now, for example, if I look at some of you now and I, I put the title saints, if I call some family member saints, they will say, ah, you know, people will want, they will scratch their head and say, ah, but pastor is just trying to make me. No, child of God, that is who you are. That is who you are. That is who you are. And when we talk about the likeness of the father, listen, God did not decide to have a family that would be less than him. That's why the first thing you get, the Bible talks about, if you read about the Galatians where we are coming from, he said they have given them the promise of the spirit. What he talked about to Abraham, that's why we read it in Galatians that we are coming from. He said he gave them the promise of the of his spirit. That's why the moment you are in Christ, that's the first thing you ought to get. He comes on the inside of you so that you start radiating the very life of God himself. He says for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Look at verse 13. Ooh, you see this verse 13? It is one of my strong conviction scriptures that I know fully well that, listen, the body of Christ, there are certain things that are still coming. The Bible says, still we all come to the unity of faith. We, we all come to the unity of faith. Till we all come to the unity of faith. That's why I'm not going to say and say, oh, well, because um, I have a brother or a sister in Christ, or but because he does not come from my village, then he's less than that. No, 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 no. That's why I, I keep telling you, I've told certain people this before. You don't, you don't, when it comes to the sons of God, when it comes to the people of God, there is a way in which you, <laughs> the, the, the reverence you have for God, when you have that, it will be hard for you to, to talk down anyone uh, uh, who God has created as well. That's why when people say, you know, there's a part of the scripture that says, he that 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 that, that claims he knows God but does not have love, is talking about something else. I'm going to read it very soon. First John 4. The Bible says, till we all come to the unity of faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. I'm reading to you the traits of this family lineage. When we call it one big family, there are certain things that God when he looks down, well, for example, you know, for the, I've always talked about this perfect, perfect. The Bible says, unto, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14. He said, listen, when this realm comes, when this realm comes, verse 14 says, that we be no more, that we henceforth be no more children. <laughs> that we be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about by every wind of doctrine. That is another uh, uh, major, major key. Because, you know, this day and age, people think, uh, a lot of people have this knowledge of, listen, how do I put this? You get to a, you get to a realm with your work in God. There are certain things when they come around you, you, you your, your spirit picks it so fast, especially when it's not in the word. Especially when it's not in the word. That's why, you know, there are certain attributes. When, when you start to fellowship with God, when you start having a personal, personal fellowship with God. You know, I titled this the likeness of the father. When you start having that walk with him, there are certain attributes that it will start jumping out of you. Even you would not even know it's there. Why? Because those attributes are consistent with God. Let's go to 1 John 4 in 6. The Bible says, we are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. 
Why did Paul talk like this? He said, he that knoweth God, heareth us. Why? Because we are of God. How does the family grow? It's as simple as this. That's why as, 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 as Christians, talking about God, preaching about, about Christ should not be something that uh, it, it, it's, it's strange to you. He says, we are of God, and he that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God, he that is not of God heareth us not. Hereby we know that the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Verse 7. Beloved, let, let us love one another, for love, for love is of God. Listen, this, I thank God that he, he saw, but he said, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God. You know, I know I, I read multiple scriptures already, but as you can see here, it says, for everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Let's stop there. Listen, this, this is one of the, a very hard scripture for a lot of people to chew. Because when you start to walk with God, I'll be honest with you, and listen to every one of you, hear me very well. When you start practicing fellowship with God, the first thing that would, that would leave you is everything that is not of God. The first thing that would leave you is anything that does not associate with God. That's one thing I've noticed. That's why if you notice one of the things he said here in, in verse 7, he said, Beloved, let us love one another, for the love for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God. Did you see that? Now he uses the word is what? Born. Did you see that? Is born of God. Now, if I ever come to you and say, Do you know that every Christian today was given birth to by God? Okay, what I just said now. Is it true or not? Let me let me put it that way. Is every Christian in the world today born of God? Well, well the scripture is pretty, pretty much there. Listen, there are a lot of scriptures that would show you. Listen, the believers today, that's why when I ask you that question, that when God told Moses, uh, told Abraham, that this is how your seeds would also be. And when they started coming, when, when I asked the question, I said, is there a woman that can give birth to such? No. But the Bible says we are born of God. He says, for everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. So that's one first thing you need to understand. I've told you about the unity. The unity, because as, as, as fellow Christians, there are certain things that until we start to walk in, there are certain fruits or certain things that we will not manifest. That's why when Ephesians says, Ephesians says, till we all come to the unity, till we all come to the unity, to the unity of faith, to the unity of faith. And what is the unity of faith? The unity of faith is to make you understand that, hey, the fact that one person is this, or one person is from that part, or for one person is from that part, that does not mean God loves them less. And at the same time, you yourself looking at yourself does not mean, you know, the Bible says, for there is now no condemnation to any man who is in Christ Jesus. One of the reasons why I love that Christ statement so much is such that, listen, once there is a condemnatory voice around you, know fully whether that is not the voice of God. God does not condemn. I hope you can hear me. God doesn't condemn. The fact that you, you, you're struggling with certain things and you, you're trying to, no, because why? God loves his family the same way he wants to, an average father would, 
love his own home. It's the same way. Listen, God doesn't lose. When, when, that's why you know I said certain things like God doesn't look down and say, "Oh, uh, uh, this is sent this or Paris this or Paris that." When God looks down, He looks down at His children. But yes, the church now becomes the organizational structure in which we use to uh, carry out the function of the things he wants to do. For example, expand his family lineage. But the most important thing is, one, God gave birth to every one of us because First Peter, Second Peter showed us that. He said, being born again, not of the corruptible seed, but of the incorruptible, by the word of God that liveth and abideth forevermore. That is the word that gave birth to every one of us, the ones once once were in Christ. But then, after that, there are certain traits that we ought to start having, because you know, in the, in the teaching of this one big family, one of the things I want to achieve or one I want to make us get is is this: first things first, first things first. Every Christian ought to see themselves through the reflection of what God sees you as. Once you are led to see yourself through that way, you've crossed. You've crossed, if not almost all the the uh, uh, the the one of the things we talked about last week, the wows of the adversary. Because that's why I call it the likeness of the Father. Because when you see yourself the way God sees you, that means there was a plan. You know, I read something in Matthew six. Let's go to Matthew six. I read something in Matthew six recently. I, I think it just blessed me. You know, I think it just it just it just blessed me. Matthew six. The Bible says, um, Matthew 6, let's read from verse from verse 11. It says, Give us this day our deliberate and forgive us our, de- our, our debts as we forgive our debtors. It says, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from all evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory. Amen. From verse 14. Look at what it says in verse 14. It says, For if ye forgive men their trespasses, it says, Your heavenly Father would also forgive you. Your heavenly Father would also forgive you. Now, this is not. I'm not even reading this because of um, forgiveness. By now, as a Christian, you ought to know that you cannot harbor unforgiveness. Why? Because it's not part of the traits of God. It's not. You. It's not. It's not. It's not part of the traits of God. Now, but one of the things that I saw here that Jesus said, He says, "Your heavenly Father." He says, "Your heavenly Father would also forgive you." Verse fifteen. He said, "But if ye not for if if ye forgive not men their trespasses, he says, neither would your Father forgive you." You know, go to verse eighteen. He says that thou may appear. He said, "But thou went thou fast, anoint thy head and wash thy face, that thou shalt appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father." Now, the reason why I'm reading this for you is to see what Jesus said in context of the Father. Because I saw one thing Jesus used here. He kept using, he kept addressing the Father. But this time around, Jesus was not calling it. Listen, there are a lot of places where Jesus taught, where Jesus prayed, where he said, my Father. He personalized God to be his own Father. But there are certain places where he, he it's more like he let the, the secrets out. He said, thy Father. Thy Father. And in saying the Father, that is to make us understand that we have a Father. Yes, I know that we have the earthly fathers, no doubt, but every one of us as well, call, we, can, we, we ought to call God our Father. And when you start seeing yourself that way, and having that fellowship with Him, having that relationship with Him, having that walk with Him, certain traits from Him starts to manifest with you. That's why James says, draw near to us, we shall draw near unto you. 
because what, there is no the best way you can represent or the best way to uh, 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 to communicate God or to live or to um, ex express the things that God has deposited on the inside of you is when you fellowship with Him and then you transfer that same thing for others to see. Because when you talk about um, uh, um, um, uh, one big family, you know, my, my goal for this is to, is to you know, uh, make every, well, when I say every Christian, well, every one of you and everyone listening, to understand that, one, the church of Jesus is one, irrespective of wherever location that they are in, one. Now, don't get me wrong, not every place that are called, in quotes, church, you know, some of them we need to really check. And I'm not saying that that's what Jesus told us, you know. But at the same time, when you now have that knowledge, there are certain things that would grow the church of Jesus faster in the last days. The unity of faith is one of them. The unity of faith. The unity of faith. The unity of faith. Just like when you are in a particular home, you know, there are certain things that are attributes of certain homes. For example, when you come to maybe my own house, my own home, uh, my kids eat rice every two, two days. Maybe in some other people's homes, they eat rice every just only on Sunday mornings. Or some people, they eat chicken just maybe on Christmas. And some other people, they eat chicken like every day. Whatever traits happen, when we come to this family, there is certain thing that is uniform to every one of us. That is faith. Faith is a, is a universal thing. And that's why he says, whether they walk in, if you notice one of the things we read in Ephesians, he said he gave some of them apostles, he gave some of them uh, teachers, he gave some of them evangelists, he gave some of them this. But irrespective of the gift they walk in, there must be unity of faith. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Irrespective of the gift they hail from, there must be unity of faith. That's why when we say one big family, one of the things that unites or that ought to unite this family of the body of Christ is that unity of faith. Because the Bible says when faith came, he says, one of the things we read in Galatians, he said then when that faith comes, he said now they have the ability, they put on Christ. So it's not just enough for you to know that I am a Christian, I go to church, or I do this and I do that, which is, it, it's okay as a foundational stage. But no, the intention of God, listen, as a matter of fact, when you read the Bible, when you read the Bible, there was never a place, there was never a place where you would see, uh, the Bible said, Jesus said, Jesus said I came that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. Now, that life that we have was what gave birth to church. That's why when you have church outside that life, it becomes a struggle. It becomes a struggle. It, it becomes a struggle. That's why, you know, John that we read, when he talked about, um, uh, John, when he talked about the love of God, he said, he that walked with God associated with it with love because the love of God is what is going to make you when everybody doesn't everything around you doesn't seem like it or doesn't uh, um, 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 sound like it it is the love of God that will make you want to remain in that family just like your own nuclear family as well it is the love of God and I'm I'm I'm, I'm you know running off now but please in all that we do as we Go on in this teaching. First things first, have this at the back of your mind. It was God's intention for us to be his family in the first place. Not so much about uh, 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 whatever. I don't know what it is that you know you might have heard or what, what might have been taught or what might have been spoken to. It was first the intention of God 
That's the reason why when he started a plan through Abraham, according to what I read, everything was so that he was going to be the foundation of it. Then at the end of the day, when you come to the knowledge of who you are in Christ, it ought to be so that the life of God starts to flow, starts to manifest on the inside of you. Hallelujah. What are certain things that God expects from us? I think today, at least, if there's anything you can take home with, is that part of love. As a Christian, you cannot afford not to have love. You cannot. Another part of it is faith. Another part of it is faith. You see those two things, faith and love, faith and love, faith and love. You see those two things, they are more like this, the bedrock, bedrock of every, of this family lineage. Faith and love. Now, some of you don't actually know that love is actually, love, 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 love is a, is a tool. Love is a tool. In 1 Corinthians, let me just read one. I think I read it some days ago. 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 1. The Bible says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. Did you see that? You, you, you can speak to the point where dead bodies would rise. The Bible says, For though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but I have not charity. What is charity? Love. And what is love? God. That's why I, I, I don't, that's the reason why I, I stopped on the, 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 the other. Um, teachings I wanted to do and I came here to this immediately after I thought about the Holy Ghost because I don't want us to be I want us to be balanced I can teach you about speaking in tongues teach you about how to do all of that do all those things but there are certain traits that listen as a family member you already know now when I in these teachings when I'm using words like family member you know what I'm talking about I'm talking about the family of God and so when you hear me say things like family member I'm not talking about my own family, my own nuclear family. Now I'm talking about every one of us as a family of God. Now, in this family, listen, if you are not one that has love and compassion, there are certain gifts of the Spirit you cannot even walk in. That's why, read the Bible. The Bible said Jesus had, Jesus was moved with compassion. Then he started walking in miracles. Did you see that? So you cannot say you want to, you want to, uh, uh, that's why I, I, I focus solely on First John 4, talking about he that says he knows God must have known love. Must have known love. And that's one of the reasons why I said things like, a lot of us know so much about what God can do. Let's, let's leave what God can do. Now, let's know about God. And that's what all of this is for. Verse 13, verse 1. He says, Though I speak with tongue of, angel, of men and angels, and I have no charity, he said I have become as a sounding brass. <laughs> Or a talking Simba. Do you know what sounding brass mean? I've ever been to all those places where they do uh, where they do match pass. You know, in my son's school, there's this, something they call drummies. Where you see the ladies roll the flags, oh, they, they match, and then some people will carry the drums. They will just say, bam, bam. They will hit all those things. <laughs> That's what he's trying to say. He said, if, you, if you, you're a Christian, you speak in tongues, you do all of that, but you do not love. This is what you sound like. He said, you sound like a sounding brass. And what is the sounding brass? We just know it is noise. It doesn't make any definite sound. He says, For though I have the gift of prophecy, and I understand all mysteries, and all knowledge true, and though all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could move mountain, but I have not love. What does he say? I have nothing. So he says here, you might have the gift of... And listen, listen, every one of you. You must be well-rounded. It is not every time I come here to teach you about God's word. Listen, listen. In this teaching, I will say some very heavy things. Very heavy things. Because the goal of this teaching is to make you become sons. While I was preparing for this, there is a scripture that came to my heart. 
The Bible says, He whom the Father loves, He corrects. Him whom the Father loves, He corrects. And while I was meditating on that word, I heard the Spirit of God say, If anybody ever gets to a point whereby you cannot, the, the correction of God does not even sound to you, doesn't even occur to you, check your sonship. When you ever get to a point whereby you do, you do wrong things with ease. <laughs> Let me put it that way. You do wrong things with ease. Something is wrong somewhere. It's not every time you come to... Listen to me. Listen to me. Now, let's, be, let's pray. It's not every time you come to God that He tells you about how He's going to multiply fishes and five loaves, uh, uh, turn miracles. It's not every time. There are times He will tell you, before you come and talk to me, go and apologize to that person. It's there in the scriptures. He says before you come to pray, first go and forgive those that you yourself have not forgiven. And listen, that's why the Bible calls it, we all have to come to that unity of faith. God is not, God is not, God does not have special privileges for anybody. That's the truth. And that's what this, listen, I hope by the time we get to the ending of this um, uh, this teaching. Some of you will not think I'm mean. Because listen, this is a family meeting. And in family meetings, we tell ourselves the truth. Some of you had one big family. You think we're here to share to share inheritance. I am here to tell you certain truths. That, that's why I'm first taking it. We're not here to share any inheritance. We shared inheritance like some Sundays, <laughs> some Sundays ago. Here we're going to share certain things. And I'm, I'm also reading this so that even as a preacher of the world, we check ourselves. He says here that you might have the gift of prophecy. And you understand mysteries and you have knowledge that you have all kind of faith that can even move mountains. But if you don't have love, he said you are nothing. And I'm reading this because God doesn't want us to be, <laughs> to be half-baked folks. Where's the other one? He says, for though I bestow all good, I feed the poor. I, though I give my body to be burned, but I have no charity, he profited nothing. Let me tell you why he's talking about this. Love is a spiritual gift. Love. Love is actually one of the Bible says, and the fruit of the spirit. The first thing he talked about was love. Before every other thing, before every other thing, the first thing he talked about was love. Thanks for listening today. We know these words have encouraged and edified you. Now go on and walk in the truth of God's word 100%.